Hello and welcome to South Africa on 99.94, your one-stop shop for all events in South African cricket on and off the field. I'm Neil Manthorpe, my co-host is Langani Zama. Uh, please do rate, review and subscribe and um, enjoy uh, what we've got to uh, talk about today. And uh, for those of you who are new, um, I can recommend The Mitch Johnson Show. You can uh, find uh, that podcast wherever you find uh, your normal podcasts. Right, today... Uh, we've uh, got an SA20 update. We're going to have lots of SA20 updates. We'll have one in every pod, actually, because uh, there's normally uh, some some news breaking uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, Langani, I was really interested, actually, um, the latest news, the um, uh, latest update from SA20 was um, an invitation to um, subscribe to the official feed, uh, photography feed, um, which I thought was a very very sensible idea. The SA20 have uh, appointed um, a photography agency uh, and it's free. So if you want to get pictures of uh, the SA20, uh, the theme, of course, and we'll talk about this as well a little bit later on, is uh, dress up, fancy dress. Um, and there's a, a very fancy um, television commercial that's been made um, by your company. And it's a very good commercial, actually. And it's um, it's being played on a regular basis. Anyway, so uh, the official... Um, photography agency you can subscribe to it um, for free um, and then use as many images as you like on your on your websites or your newspapers I thought that was a very very sensible idea Um, I I was just perturbed when I read a little bit further down the email from SA20 that um, that actually you didn't have any choice if you wanted to take your own pictures you can't so um there will be only one official photography agency um, attached to the SA20. Um, they will appoint their own photographers, obviously. And then you can um, uh, pick whichever images you want to use. Um, I don't suppose there'll be too many controversial ones, will there? No, I, I, I didn't initially read the email the whole way down, as I explained to you. I, I just saw register and kind of stopped there because... I no longer have to worry about using images. But when you pointed it out, I then did look further down. And, yeah, it is it is disappointing. And your first thought is to all those, you know, long-serving photographers who've covered games when there was absolutely no crowd. Um, the the biggest change in South African cricket comes along and, and, and you're not allowed to be there to, to record it. So it immediately... Yeah, raises eyebrows and questions. Um, you would you would hope. I don't think this agency, if they're coming from India, I, I would doubt that they would bring every single one of their own photographers. So maybe there's a silver lining, and all these local photographers become freelancers for these guys for the for the month. But even so, you don't really have creative license, which is the be all and end all. I mean, the integrity of media is is in that independence. So. It is a concern. It is a concern. Um, the BCCI set the precedent, haven't they? I mean, they assumed control. There is a, such a thing as BCCI TV. Um, they completely control the IPL. They have the final say on commentators. Um, and again, without wanting to be too cynical about that, I mean, you know, it is their product. It is their brand. And and therefore, they want to have control of it. Um I just wonder whether the South African market, it depends what extent this control um, and the manufacturing of the product um, goes to. I, I just wonder whether 
you know, if 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 you do go to an SA20 game and, and you see it with your own eyes and you, you experience it, warts and all, um, and then you see these pictures, which um, are very manufactured, uh, very sort of cosmetic, uh, you're kind of thinking, what, that, that wasn't the game I was at. Well, yeah, that's yeah. contrived cricket is is dangerous cricket. Um, so, it, like you say, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose we shouldn't prejudge, but it'll be interesting to see what images are offered up. Um, my understanding is that that those first couple of games have have been sold out already. Um, so, at least we know that it'll be a full house. But as you know, you can. You can make a picture look very different to the reality that it is. Um, so I just don't understand it. Um, it, it, it. It creates a whole new layer of complexity for the organisers themselves because now you've got to make sure that absolutely everything works and this portal is ready to 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 meet the demand of every single South African agency, big or small, um, every game um, when. You know, they sort of looked after themselves. I mean, what's next? Are we going to be using only the official press release and match report? <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, like I said, there's people that have been taking photographs for the EP Herald um, at St George's Park for for thirty years, and suddenly they're they're not allowed to to go there. Um, they're not allowed to go to their own ground. Um, you know, so. You can't apply for accreditation as a photographer, and I, I it's just do you think it might be the? I mean, how are they going to control journalists? And what happens if um, if if I write a story about some warts and some teething problems in the early early stages of the tournament? Will I lose my accreditation? Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, what if you what if you write about this very issue that we're discussing now about the fact that there will not be a single snapper in the in the press box, which is unusual because, as you well know, they're there hours before any journalist rocks up and they they work the hardest, really, because even during the break, they're sort of offloading whatever images and getting them back to HQ and, and carrying on and sneaking a bite in between. So the fact that you've you've taken away such an integral part of the, of the press community is disappointing, at, at the very least, and... and, and Concerning as as to see what other measures of control might be put in place for this, because you know media is media. Whether you're a journalist, a, a, a photographer, the comment media is media. You know we we kind of all have to play by the same rules. So once you've dismissed them, you know you, you kind of look around and say, well, what's next? Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about the uh, CSA One Day Cup or One Day Challenge um, after this short break. Hi, I'm Nikesh Raghani, commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sara Waris and I will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, KL Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. 
Okay, Zams, I'm going to come back to uh, the SA20 in part three, but just in this middle section, I want to talk about the uh, the CSA One Day Cup, uh, which is the 50 over tournament, which has now joined uh, the other two formats um, in being sponsorless. Um, up until last summer, it was the Momentum One Day Cup. It was the last sponsor standing. They've now um, packed up their bucket and spade and left the beach. Uh, so we have now have three We've got the CSA T20 Challenge, the CSA four-day competition, and now the CSA one-day cup. Um, I'm trying to be – I'm in a positive mood this morning. The sun is shining. Um, it's it's 26 degrees. It's a lovely day in Cape Town. So um, rather than bemoan the fact that it seems to be another step backwards, what needs to change? I mean, there's only one game per round that's being televised. Um, and obviously television sponsor, television coverage is, is massive for, for sponsors. But um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not a happy picture. It looks like a sorry state of affairs. You know, 50-over cricket is struggling anyway. Nobody's going to watch these games. Um, and I, I just wonder, you know, what, what needs to happen? How, how do we light South African cricket, domestic cricket up? How do we light this... 50 over competition up um, to attract a sponsor, to make it a viable product, because at the moment it's just not. No, it's not, and it's sad. Um, But, you know, when you look, it always looks worse when you take a product that's struggling to a a premier venue um, and you're playing at the Wanderers in front of 10 people. Um, You've got very good schools facilities all over South Africa and some decent club facilities and amateur facilities which are a little bit more intimate and obviously with the amount of cricket being played they're being looked after at a fraction of the cost that it takes to put together the Wanderers or Centurion um, for especially day games. Um, So a thought would be start taking some of these games to the venues that a lot of these players came from traditionally and at least you know, play. I mean, my son goes to St. Charles and I went there recently and in the middle of the day they had a, a warm-up game involving the KZN Inland Tuskers and I can't remember who they were playing against. But this is in the middle of a school day um, and at break time, all the kids, instead of going and playing their impromptu games in the corridor, they sit and have their sandwiches and watch. And after school, some parents wander down and there's a, there's a bit more atmosphere than there is that you're currently seeing in one-day cup games at official stadiums with official groundsmen and goodness knows how many people being catered for and whatnot. You know, like downsize. You know, if the product doesn't have the money, stop spending money to, to pretend that it's elite. Downsize. The, the key in a cricket match is still the 22 yards in the middle and the outfield is decent enough. Downsize and, and, and cut down some of your costs. Take, take the game back to the people and and rather make connections that way and, and, and show sponsors that, look, it's not this elitist product that's so far out of reach that you have to pay millions for. We can start small and build up again as as the popularity comes again and, you know, there's certain venues that we start using and people start enjoying because they feel less intimidating than a stadium, harder to get to. Um, you, you've got to, yeah, you've got to go back to basics. You know, what was really interesting is um, I, I actually um, had to write a match report on the latest round on Sunday. And um, for the first time, I actually paid attention to the live stream and I saw the future. 
because I said television coverage is massive for sponsors. Um, but live streaming, now, obviously, they're way ahead um, in, in England. And it's really interesting because the big counties, the counties with the money, have really invested, strongly invested in their YouTube um, streaming of games. Um, and in fact, bizarrely enough, um, when I was on the South Africa tour of England, Surrey, who's the richest county by a long way, invited me to commentate on on a game, a, a blast game. And it was a fabulous product. Actually, it, it's, you know, it's not just uh, static cameras at, at each end. It's a proper full-on production. It's a television production made for, for YouTube. And the counties with the, with the money have really invested, Lancashire, Yorkshire, um, not the test venues. Um, and so I'm not quite sure how the live stream works in South Africa, but, but the fact that it was played at Supersport Park and it was the Titans, the Multiply uh, Momentum Titans, I should say, against the Daffabet Warriors. Um, <laughs> these poor sponsors get so little coverage, we should give them a mention. But it, And it, again, it was pretty good, and they had commentators. Um, who were also pretty good. I didn't know who they were, but, you know, they, they knew the game. They knew their stuff. Um, and, and so maybe that's the point. That's where to start because we're not going to get television coverage. It's too expensive um, and it's not going to be worthwhile. But if you can attract a sponsor, and you know what? There was even some a degree of ball following. So there were, I, I would guess, five cameras. Um, and And let's take that. Let's really invest in that. And and use that as a as a point of difference, perhaps. Have, have you watched any of the streaming? I have. I'm, I mean, I've been involved with Supersport Schools, which is kind of trying trying to stream as much schools coverage from across the country, so you can be in the heart of the Tokai Forest like you are now and watch a game at St. Stidians. Um You know, it's a game changer. Um, you know, as as lives change and you can't really take the time to watch a full day's cricket on the side of the field, but you're still interested for whatever reason, um, it, it's important to have that option. And and the one thing I will say for streaming is it is a fraction of the cost of a full-on production. It's an absolute fraction of the cost. And and once you've got the ball rolling, you 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 can start employing juniors really to man those cameras you only need one sort of senior figure to make sure that the whole thing is running properly but it's a fraction of the cost and to go back to that school analogy i was using almost every single one of those major school grounds certainly at the elite schools already have streaming facilities there because they kind of signed up to super small schools so it's not as if you'd have to bring in all this tech a lot of it is already there and exists a lot of school matches have been watched on on a streaming platform over the past year so it is a more practical solution it's it's cost effective for for everybody um and like you say if, if they're doing it in the counter game and, and and they've got a polished product that's got sponsors now and commentators and you know multi-cameras there's there's your future it's fascinating um this um a chap made contact with me um and he is a professional gambler um because I, I wrote a column a couple of days ago about um the proliferation of of betting companies and their sponsorship you know as of south african cricket and and i mean there's there's g bets betway hollywood bets um 
uh, and I'm, I've already forgotten Daffa Bet, um, the Warriors. So I wrote a column about uh, this um, perceived awkwardness that there is um, amongst South Africans um, and indeed South African administrators about the fact that the only sponsorship uh, that there appears to be at the moment is from betting companies. Um, and I, uh, I made the point that cricket existed in the 1700s because of betting. That's why cricket was played the Earl of Carnarvon against the Duke of Wessex and they would put their staff together and play cricket in order to bet. Betting is the reason that cricket exists. Um, and it was only because, you know, the Victorians in their prudish um, uh, behaviour tried to sanitise the game, they tried to bleach the betting out of it. But it's always, always been there. Um and, I, and I, again, I, I was trying to be positive and saying, you know what, let's not feel awkward about it. It's only because of um, the Hansi Cronier um, match-fixing thing that, that there is this um, sense of, of awkwardness. And perhaps, you know, rather than treating these betting companies like the drunk uncle at Christmas who, you know, everybody sort of tolerates but um, doesn't <laughs> doesn't particularly enjoy, we should actually embrace them and say, you know what, guys, um, we'll have all the normal warnings about um, gamble sensibly and, uh, and you know, bet- betting it can be an addiction and, you know, be sensible and carry all of those warnings. But embrace these people. They are at least putting some money into the game. And a guy who is describes himself as a former full-time professional gambler, now semi-retired, uh, got in touch with me and has really educated me massively and he he still follows the book uh, that that is the amount of money and the odds um, on games domestically and internationally around the world, um, and and gee, um, I, I've learnt a lot. Some of which I wish he hadn't taught me. And this is all in the last week, but he sent me the book, um, the the amount of money that is being exchanged uh, around the world on spread betting on competitions um, from, you know, as far away as Nepal and um, and, and and India and, and even the European League, you know, there there's betting that takes place on that, all of which is above board. Um, it's illegal in Bangladesh. So um, uh, that apparently he, he even sent me, he had figures on the illegal betting markets in Bangladesh, which he sent me, which I had no interest in. I couldn't understand, couldn't make head or tail of them. The bottom line is that the amount of money being bet on the CSA One Day Cup was tiny. And we're talking about a hundredth. He, he compared it to a, a, a game between Nepal and, I can't remember who it was, Indonesia or somebody, you know. Um, and and I said, well, is the size of the of the book on a game necessarily indicative of the interest, the level of interest. And he said, yes, yes, it is. He said that just there's just no interest in the CSA One Day Cup. And I said, well, at least the consolation is that at least we know that none of the players are being offered any money. <laughs> at least we know it's clean. Yeah, look, I, th- I think if you give him a tinkle in in a month and, and ask him how much money is going in for the SA20, it'll be a very different picture. Um, but it, like you say, you, you can frown at at the means or, or at the source of income, but the reality is 
all these betting companies have all these millions to throw into sport because millions of people are doing it on a daily basis. I mean, I know a lot of people who get up in the morning and before they've said good morning to the wife and kids, they've placed their first few bets of the morning because there's a game that's about to start in Australia or in India or wherever else. And half their conversations throughout the day are checking in on what's happening in a game on a ground that they'll never see. But they know that a certain team has won six in a row and if they bat first, they always score 200. It's it, it, it's human nature, unfortunately. The, the minute you invested in something, even if it sounds crass, you, you've you got an interest. And I've seen it. It's 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 That's why it's legal now, because they know they can't stop it. Um, it's legal and, and they're making money of it. The, the biggest sporting product in the world, the English Premier League, I think two-thirds, if not more, of, of all the teams are sponsored one way or another by, by betting companies. Um, it's, it's relentless, absolutely relentless. Um, and the markets that you will find, I mean, you're speaking about Nepal and Indonesia. If you go right now to any sports book and, and look for third division India amateur league, you'll find a market. You know, the, it goes so, so deeply down. You, you could put money on anything, really. If you, if, if you have the time and the money, you can. So, of course, cricket, which happens at a far more reasonable rate in terms of action. There's, 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 there's hurry and then there's a lot of pause. There's a hurry and there's a pause and you can reconsider and you can see the way things are going. You can speculate on run rates. You can look at a guy's figures. Of course, there's going to be a market for cricket. Um, so it's, it's fascinating. Um, and, you know, obviously a lot of people have become very rich of just sitting and you know, on your laptop, just go and click info wherever else you can and you find a scoreboard and you just follow five matches simultaneously and and just keep throwing into the pot and see where you stand at the end of the day. It's it's happening. So it's 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 something that you can't ignore. Um and the only reason probably that they, they don't know about the CSAT or one day cup is probably because they're all still searching for momentum one day cup from last season and don't realise that the sponsors have changed. But Soon enough, that'll change because Marker made runs this weekend, Brevis made runs this weekend. You know, people that they know, they'll go, oh, where did he make those runs? Oh, I missed out. I'll make sure to look out the next time because those are familiar names. If they're playing there, there must be a market. Okay, more on the same subject in just a moment. Whether it's missing flights or retirements out of the blue, whether it's resignations or bans, as the old saying goes, there's never a quiet day in West Indies cricket. So make sure you listen to West Indies on 99.94 to stay up to date with all the latest fallout with the teams in Maroon. Okay, Zams, um, we've only got a couple of minutes left on this pod in the, the final session. So let's go back to uh, the SA20. And um, we began this episode talking about um, the accreditation of one photography agency um, I suspect, well, uh, you would know more about this than me, but I suspect that uh, the franchises, the Indian franchises who who own the six teams are having a big say in how the tournament is is controlled. I mean, they're the ones with the existing brands, all six of them, you know, the Mumbai Indians, the Chennai Super Kings, the, the Rajasthan Royals. Um, they, they will have a large say in this. So when we talk about the SA20 and the... Um, 
the directors of SA20 and decisions that uh, they are perceived to be making, many of them will be being made by those big Indian brands, won't they? Yeah, they'll definitely be in in consultation as to as to how they foresee things being 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 run. But I think when it comes to match day operations, they sitting in the expensive seat. So you there is still a there is still a strong team that sort of figures out what's best practice and, and, and obviously they would lean a lot on what they've learned in the IPL um and, and, and what works in the IPL. But like you said at the beginning, this is a very different market. It's 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 one that is a lot more independent or free spirited and, and, and asks a lot more questions. Um whereas the IPL is is it's not a contrived party, it's just happy because that's the biggest sport and if you could watch cricket every day and have superstars, you will. If IPL ran for six months, I'm sure it would be full for six months. Uh, South Africa is a very different market and 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 requires a different approach. Um, so, I think it's a learning. It's going to be a learning curve for them as well in this first year of what works in India doesn't necessarily work in South Africa. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they adapt and tweak some of their strategies, which have obviously been honed over a decade in India for the IPL, and tailor those to a South African market which probes and asks more questions and doesn't necessarily get excited because you've told them to. They, they get excited in their own time. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, my gambling friend, new, new gambling friend, tells me that there's absolutely no way that uh, the South African betting market can sustain all of these betting companies and that at the moment it's a, it's a survival of the fittest. Um, which which is fascinating because I mean I, I can't remember the, the fifth. But there are five, aren't there? There are five at the moment who are involved in the sponsorship of cricket. Uh, he says that um, you know that they are they're not throwing vast amounts of money at cricket, but because they're the only ones throwing any money, <laughs> cricket is is accepting it. But um, I, I mean, do you, I do you agree with me that there is a sort of sense of prudishness? Um, amongst many cricket administrators in South Africa about all this all this gambling, all this betting money being involved in the game? Well, it's prudish until Hollywood bets or whoever comes at you and says, we'll give you a million rand a season for the naming rights of your stadium, and then they paint the whole thing purple. Um, so it's prudish to a point. But when you're only being offered 200000 by a reputable company, and a gambling company saying we'll give you a million. You know, all of pretty much all of Durban's major sporting venues are now Hollywood bets sponsored and redecorated. Um, and and that's not a criticism. It's it's a reality of of a market that was struggling, and the race course and the cricket ground and a lot of club cricket grounds. Um, at one point, the, the stadium itself, Kings Park, was almost going to be, you know, so their presence is, is there, you know. Um, they've got the money for it and they're one of the biggest players. Um, so as much as administrators might try and ignore it and talk about integrity and whatnot, money talks. And, and, and that's why we're seeing more and more, I mean, you can't watch a game, an ad break now without at least three betting companies 
coming yeah. which is much worse now at the World Cup because obviously that that's their biggest market. But it, it's there and it's not going to change. Um, and your friend makes an interesting point in saying the South African market might not be able to sustain. But a lot of them are in Africa. And a lot of, of their biggest market is the English Premier League, not necessarily South African cricket. It's 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 very low on the on the list of uh, desirables or, uh, that that they are concerned about. But it's 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 a fun thing because probably a lot of owners of those betting companies traditionally love cricket. Well, it's uh, definitely one of those um, watch this space things. Um, I've uh, I've had the odd bet on the odd high profile horse race. Um, I've never bet on cricket. I have thought about it, but something deep inside me, because I work in the industry, something deep inside me says no. It's that wouldn't be appropriate. Have you have you had a, a bet on cricket? I've definitely had a tinkle. Um, it's fascinating because you, you know, you you bet on things as is the runs going to be over 60 after the first power play? Uh, or South Africa going to make over 174.5? And the one thing I will say for all these markets, the reason they stay in business is because they they must be geniuses. They absolutely get it right in terms of the over-under, as they call it. If, 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 if the market is 174.5 runs, I promise you, 90 times out of 100, the final score will sort of hover somewhere between 172 and 176. So right to the last ball, you're in it. And, and, and one false stroke here, there. And I'm sure those who do ball by ball are just throwing money at this thing at the whole time. So it's, it's incredible how the science of it has, has evolved to the point where they can keep you locked in for 120 balls. You, you could have 120 bets in, in, in two or three hours. And feel justified because you've been following the game. So you're not following it because you love South Africa and you want them to win. You're following it because you've chucked in all this money and you're you up. It's an adrenaline rush, a very different one to watching as a sports fan casually on the side with a beer and a, and a burivos roll. It's, it's a lot more <laughs> intense. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a market for it. For those who don't have any emotional attachments, this is the attachment they get. It, 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 it directly feeds their wallet. Many, many years ago, when my older daughter was at junior school, um, I met uh, one of her friend's fathers, and for a year he talked to me about cricket, and he used to ask me about whether so-and-so was fit and, and how, how they were playing and how, how they were looking and how did I think it would go, and I just thought he was a cricket nerd. I think it was a year later I realised he worked for a betting firm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got plenty of information out of me. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening to South Africa on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever uh, you enjoy your podcasts. It certainly uh, gives us a welcome boost. Um, you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Neil Manthorpe and at Wamzam17. So never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. <laughs> Cricket every day, your way. 
Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslow is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslow, the business of sports betting podcast.